welcome back to the Mate How Good Words podcast with me, Josh. And me, Dono. Dono. You went from a punch then to a little bit of a dance, mate. Yeah, I was doing some uppercuts and then I started doing a, little, a bit of a jig. Wow, sexy. I've heard that I've heard that basically if you want us to learn how to dance, all you need to do is either like pretend you're boxing or pretend you're doing football skills and it looks really good. <laughs> and that's just like basically what dancing is. So you've done a little mi- a little mix of them both there. Um Welcome back to the Mate How Good Words podcast. Um, we are, if you haven't listened to our week in football yet, please um, go back and listen to it. We're going to be, from here on in, we're going to be dropping our week in footballs on a Wednesday, players on a Friday. So what that means is you then get two days, two days to listen to the week in football before clearing your Friday schedule, doing fuck all at work on a Friday, let's be honest, because you're not really doing that much. And then spending 45 minutes to an hour listening to these sweet Wiltshire tones, talking about a footballer that you will have known and loved as you were growing up. Now, I'm going to say, Dono, the the footballer we're going to talk about today, do you think anyone doesn't like him or love? I mean, there are probably people that don't love him, but do you think there's anyone that doesn't like him? Yeah, Arsenal fans. (laughs) Arsenal fans will not like him. If I speak. Um, Yeah, that's true. I think as a person, it's hard to not like him. Though he's such a he's such a nice guy, he comes across as a legend. And from a footballing perspective, I think if you were an Arsenal fan, you won't remember him fondly. No, you will not. Um, you probably well, you will know who already who we are talking about because you're you've picked up you've picked up and chosen to listen to a podcast that has his name in it. And what we are going to be doing today is we're going to be asking the question, mate, how good was Park G Sung? When we do these podcasts um there's a few there's a, there's a handful of players who have a lot of memorable quotes and he has loads like just from players talking about him he has so many and I'm sure we'll go through those at some point in the podcast but I think that's a that's a that's a sign of a very good player yeah yeah 100% agree I don't think anyone has no one who's ever played with Park has anything but really positive things to say about him. And even even listening to him talk, I was listening to him talk about his time at, at Man United. He was like, oh, was like, oh did, you ever, did you ever get the hair dry from Fergie? He was like, nope, because I always just did what he told me to do. <laughs> so I feel like if, if there's anything that sums, sums him up, is that. Um, but we're going to be talking. We're going to be talking about his career, uh, where he started, his sort of transfer across into Europe, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but I'm going to say before we go into sort of the standard stuff, which is obviously Donna's going to give us a tail of the tape in a second. Fill up with Park more so than with uh, a lot of the other footballers we can talk about. I feel like we will have more of a conversation probably about his overall impact as opposed to going. And this season he scored this many goals. And this season he scored this. His overall impact and probably more of like what I would say his profile is as a player as well, because he's he's to look at right to look at statistically. And if you watched his goals and if you watched his. Um, if you just watched him as a player, you probably wouldn't. You probably think, "Oh, he's not that great," would you? If you were to say, "Oh, this bloke's like an attacking midfielder or a winger or a midfielder or whatever," you would be like, "Oh, he's not that great." But he was class. But he was class. As he 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 was quality. Um, right. Without further ado, then Dono, can you give us the tale of the tape, please? I think this might be the shortest tear of the tape we've done yet, but there are some big clubs in there. So I also hope off, there's some good gags in there. Oh, we've got some good ones. Well, no, I'm on the spot now, but yeah. Um, so starting his career off at the biggest club with the name Purple in their name, Kyoto Purple Sanger. In Japan. <laughs> Absolutely massive purple club. Um, <laughs> brilliant name, brilliant kits. Um, we'll go through some of those as well. Um, before earning a massive move to arguably the biggest club in Eindhoven, PSV Eindhoven, where he plies his trade and earns himself a move to um, arguably the biggest club in um, Manchester, uh, Manchester United. <laughs> yeah. 
before making a move to West London with Queen's Park Rangers and then finish, finishing his career back at PSV Eindhoven. Yeah, arguably, Queen's Park Rangers, arguably the biggest club in the White City and Ealing area. Um, massive club in that part of the world. Um, would you say they're a bigger club than the Polish club um, out in Ealing? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't. Club. No, do you reckon? Do, do Ealing or Hayes have football teams? If Ealing or Hayes have football teams, they could arguably be bigger. Um, we right. So that that's his club career. Hundred appearances for South Korea as well. Hundred caps for South Korea. Malta Burner. Um, in terms of his individual honours, he wins the Japanese second division with, as you said, arguably the most colourful club in Japan. He also wins the Emperor's Cup, which I'm assuming is like the FA Cup. He wins the Eredivisie a couple times. He wins the uh, the like the, the Dutch Cup once. He wins the Premier League four times. He wins the League Cup three times. He wins the Champions League. Although there's a bit of controversy around winning the Champions League. Uh, he never wins the Asian Cup. He only ever comes third, which is obviously on at the moment. Um was it Tajikistan won the game? Won a game yesterday against Lebanon. They were like hundred places ranked below them. But well, we should have spoken about that in week in football, not now. Um, and he wins. He wins. He's won loads of. Um, he's he's won loads of individual awards, including including one of the weirdest ones. Two of the in fact, two really weird ones. The MLS All Star Game MVP. Never played in the MLS, obviously played for Man United. But you would just assume that that goes to an MLS player. And he won the K-League All-Star Game MVP, despite never playing in the K-League. So, well done, well done you, Park. Um, right, so, let's let's talk about it. So, his, his early career, um, he says that he, he never actually got into football until he was in sort of like primary, secondary school time. And before that, his first love was baseball. Baseball's a funny one. Yeah. I don't know. Is it a national sport in in um, in Korea? Yeah, it is. The, the two sport... Well, I would... Yeah, baseball is the biggest sport. Baseball is the biggest sport followed by... I don't think football is second, but baseball is definitely the biggest sport. That's crazy to me because I always just assumed it was only massive in America. But he does talk about it, like when he says, because he says his dad was massively into baseball, doesn't he? But he never had a football team, so his dad had, had, like loved a baseball team, but he never loved a football team. But then his son's gone on to play for Man United, <laughs> and like it must be imagine like you imagine your like dad or whoever you made it as a professional football footballer for Man United, one of the top 10 biggest clubs in the, obviously I would say something different, but I think national like universally we could agree a top five, top 10 biggest teams in the world. Right. Imagine you made it to play for them and your dad was just sort of like, yeah. like he just didn't get it. Right. It's like, imagine, imagine flipping it the other way around. Right. That like your son was really into baseball and he was like, ah, oh, dad, I'm going to play for like, the New York Yankees and you're just kind of like yeah. <laughs> couldn't even tell you where the New York Yankees play <laughs> New York but I couldn't tell you what their stadium's called it's, it must be so fucking weird um, but yeah the national sport baseball that is a weird one isn't it um, but what, one thing one thing I mean look I, I lo- obviously I'm a Man United fan so I absolutely love Park but I think one thing that comes up quite a lot in his career is that he sort of makes um, sort of groundbreaking strides quite often in his career and I don't know if when you listen to him talk about it, I don't know if he understood that at the time or want, ever really wanted that responsibility whilst he was doing it. So an example is like when he went to go and play for um when he went to go play for Purple Button, he um he oh sorry, I mean Kyoto Purple Sanga, he um so the purple button thing. Let me tell you this so quickly. One of my when when I was at uni, one of my housemates thought the song "Bubble Butt" was called "Purple Button," <laughs> so he thought the song was going "Purple Button, Purple 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 Button." It's <laughs> 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 so funny, man. Um, so basically, when um, he goes to Kyoto Purple Sanga, he's basically like the first Korean footballer that isn't an established footballer that goes and plays in the Japanese league, and that's obviously quite a big thing to take on that's quite a big role to take on isn't it um 
to to sort of go and com- go into a, com- a, a obviously a, a local but a completely different country that um maybe always hasn't had the closest level of um closest level of relationship and also that will definitely become more apparent when you're playing for something that's quite public like a football team um yeah so it's obviously a difficult decision for him to take but other than other than like sort of the I mean Kyoto Purple Sango and how they get on. Yes, they win the J two League. Yes, they go on and win the Emperor's Cup. Great. But I think what we really want to talk about, and I know that you all want to talk about, is their kits. Right. Talk to me. We'll, we'll go through and rank all the kits afterwards, but talk to me about these Kyoto Purple Sango kits. Well, they are purple. So <laughs> there is that. Um but they are just mental, aren't they? If you could compare them to another kit it would probably be quite similar to the, the Fiorentina kits right yeah so like yeah they're they are purple but they're quite unique as well so like they're umbro ones have you seen the umbro one with like it's like it must have been around about like 98 97 I think it is and the badge is in the middle and they've got some Asian sponsor across the middle and they've got like this it looks like I can only describe it as like you know that thing that priests wear, that thing that comes around their neck. It's, like, it's normally got like some sort of like pattern on it. It's got that over both shoulders all the way down. So it's just two completely random stripes. Um, I've, ne- I've never seen a football shirt like it. Um, yeah, their their kits are nuts, and the badge is fucking sick. The badge, yeah, it's just a big purple circle with a with. It, I think it's a phoenix. It, it's got to be a phoenix or just a bird on fire flying across the middle of the badge. It's sick. Yeah, sick. Yeah, sick kits. They the old the old ones when he was there. They had like these big yellow badges that had a phoenix on them as well. But they are the old umbro the old umbro ones with you know when like I don't know if, I don't know if you feel the same way about this right. But when a kit has when when a when there's a kit from a country that don't use our alphabet and use their alphabet as yes. a sponsors, I always think it looks so sick. Like the like Korean, Korean, Japanese, Chinese, their alphabets look sick. So when you see it on a shirt, I think it looks class. And the other thing I'm a I'm a big fan of and I rate highly is they have numbers on the front and the back. So whatever the shirt, so whatever the shirt looks like, when you're like, oh, this looks quite cool, this looks quite cool, the sponsor on. Underneath that, when Jisung Park is playing from, there will be a seven underneath, a seven on the back and the Jisung Park written on the top. There's a picture of him. I'll try and find it. We'll try and clip this up and we'll find it. There's a picture of him running off and celebrating in the white away shirt. He's got the Predator Manias on. He is looking young. He is looking handsome. His mate is in the background. I don't know who he is giving it the big, yeah, dropping (laughs) one of them. And he has what can only be described as... Yanan's gardening mittens, forward slash Sondaco goalie gloves on, and it is looking sick. It looks sick. So the kits are unreal, right? I'm also going to say, I think as a general thing, like 90s, 90s, early 2000 kits from the J League could arguably be the best. Could arguably be the, be the best there are. They are all of the old, like the Mizuno jobs and stuff like them as well, are yeah. unreal. Yeah, Mizuno criminally underrated kits. Yeah, incredible. Even they do the Lazio one now, and it's incredible. Yeah, sick kits and sick team. So up them, up the Kyoto boys. Um, obviously, as he's as he is um, as he's playing for Kyoto um, Purple Sanga, they get um, something really important happens in the calendar uh, for South Korean football uh, in his time there. Obviously, Japan and South Korea host the 2002 World Cup, and South Korea get them. South Korea get themselves to the um, to the semi-finals. Do you remember who their manager was? Big Goose. Big Goose. In Goose stuff. Who's who? Do you prefer Gus Hiddink or Gus Griswold? I reckon Hiddink. No, yeah. mm, Griswold. Mm, nah, Griswold's a bit of a narc. Yeah, he is. Good shout. And Gus Hiddink is not a nerd. Um, or a narc, um, but they. So whilst they, so whilst obviously he's playing in South Korea, he then his profile goes from being like a 
a player playing in an, in an Asian league, which we could say nationally and international, well, nationally has a level of coverage, internationally won't have huge levels of coverage. To then being someone who is becoming recognised and known, like not not the whole entire world round, but in big circles because South Korea take themselves to the semi-final of a World Cup, which is huge. But even huger than that, Big Park Ji Sung goes and bags against France and Portugal. That is B D E, isn't it, mate? Yeah, the goals as well. Yeah, they're they're class. Yeah, going and knocking out Portugal and France. So France are the world champ. They're the reigning world champions at this point, aren't they? So you've gone and knocked out the holders, and then gone and knocked out Portugal, who's got a team with. Luis Figo in it and Rui Costa. Um, it's not going under the radar. <laughs> it's obviously not going under the fucking radar anyway because they didn't only knock them out; they knocked out Italy and Spain as well. Yeah, we yeah we yeah we just we need to acknowledge that how how class it is that he's done all of that right. And if you're doing, I think if you're play if you're a footballer that has a good World Cup, scores goals at a World Cup for a smaller nation against bigger nations, you're always going to get picked up by somebody, right? Always like all the Euros, like our, like I mean, like our Sharvin's performances for Russia got him moved to Arsenal that he was never going to get. There will be there will be hundreds of other examples. I think Amrabat got a move to Man United. I think partially based off his World Cup performance. Um, but I think there are there will always be players who play well in an international tournament and get picked up. So in this case, tournament in two thousand two plays another season for Kyoto Sanga, and then he makes his move to PSV Eindhoven, who are managed by. Gus Griswold, Mikey Blumberg, Vince Lasau. No, none of the recess gang. Oh, who was Big it they're Gus. managed by? Big Gus. Oh, so Mikey Blumberg and Gus were having a sleepover. Big Goose. Ah, Big Goose. Ah, Big Goose hitting. Ah, right. Sorry. I had no idea what you were on about before then. Um, so, Park makes his way to uh, Big Goose hitting and PSV. Now, Park... Park moves to um, he moves to PSV, obviously following his um, uh, following his former South Korean manager with uh, Lee Young Pyo, who I have probably just butchered. I've probably just butchered the pronunciation of that. Pyo. But Tottenham Lee, Lee Young Pyo, yeah, Tottenham fans will probably remember him. Um, Tottenham fans will probably remember him. He's, he played in the Premier League for for three years, but they went over. Park went over at the same time as him. And I think at this time, we can just sort of acknowledge that there weren't that many Asian footballers playing in Europe. Definitely not sort of, um, definitely not sort of Eastern Asian, what I would say Eastern Asian Europe, uh, footballers playing in Europe. So from sort of Japan, Korea, that type of area. So what I was saying about him sort of breaking boundaries and stuff like that, he kind of... The, the the two of the, like Lee Young Pyo and Jason Park go to a big club like PSV Eindhoven are kind of starting to knock down like knock down doors and stuff by making that move, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they're they're what does he? Which really trailblazers. He probably becomes a bit more of a trailblazer f- throughout his career, but yeah, he's definitely opening those doors for um, Asian players to to come across into Europe. Yeah. Um, uh, and when when he when he goes there, he has um, doesn't have the best. He does have the best time in his first season. He he injures his meniscus, um, which sounds like it hurts. I couldn't even tell you hundred percent where a meniscus is. I just remember seeing it and thinking, "Wow, meniscus that's quite a cool word." So uh, he injures. It? He, oh, is it? Is yeah, it? Is, part I, I don't your, know. Yeah, it's part. It's part of your knee. I think it's. I'm the I'm the expert friend to be able to confirm this, but yeah, I've, I'm pretty sure it's part of your knee um yeah at acl rehab blog yeah um but he but i know that he has several knee injuries later in his career so or so this probably they're probably two linked up and i was probably quite stupid to not notice that prior to this point but because he has this i'm just going to call it a knee injury easier so then i can just consistently say knee injury because he has a knee injury actually plays nine games in his first season scores no goals and because of that he he struggles he struggles to adapt he struggles to adapt to the whole culture, to um, obviously moving from Asia to Europe, new country, new language. Um, and it, I imagine moving to somewhere like Holland is arguably more difficult than moving to somewhere like England in terms of an integration period. Because I would imagine that 
a large core of your players will speak Dutch, like as in obviously the, the Dutch players will speak Dutch, but there's probably just there's probably more of an expectation to know English than there is to learn Dutch because because most Dutch people that I've ever spoken to speak English. So I'd imagine there's a quite an expect there's a big expectation that you need to speak both or probably English had a Dutch, which is nuts, right? Um but he but anyway, his first season's a bit of a nightmare. He gets booed quite a lot by PSV fans. He said he was he said as well he felt so anxious to even go to training. He didn't want anyone to pass a ball to him or kick a ball to him. And at the end of his first season, after his injuries and stuff, he got offers to go back to Japan. He got off two offers from Japan. And Hiddink, and you're going to be all over this, Hiddink basically said to him, I trust you. I believe in you. I think you can turn everything around with these fans. I think you're going to be a brilliant player for us. But if you want to go back to Japan, you can go. And he obviously felt like a million bucks and said, I'm going to stay. How are you, fi- how are you feeling that as man management? I'm so glad you said that because I, I, when, I, when I heard this, I thought, that's unreal. There's nothing I love more. I, I've decided this just now. There's nothing I love more in football than a player who is not, I wouldn't say hated, but goaded by their own fans to the point where the fans don't want them to play anymore. And that player stays, persists and turns the fans around to the point where they absolutely love him and becomes a cult hero. That is my favourite thing in football. That character arc where you go from just get out of the club to, oh my God, what a player and the fans adore you is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm trying to think of some like, do you know who the first exam, first person I think of is Jordan Henderson. Do you remember how much? Do you remember? Do you remember how much stick Jordan Henderson got? And he's he's like, I know obviously. Look, Jordan Henderson is not looking good, brother, at the moment. It's not a good look for you at the moment. <laughs> but up until July, it was a very good look for him, and he went from being like the the laughing stock to being like Liverpool captain, lifting the Premier League, lifting the Champions League. Obviously, I'm not happy about it because he played for Liverpool, but there is it is so class when a player comes back in there. It is quality. Yeah. It's kind of similar to, I'd probably say Granite Xhaka last season. I'd say he came yeah. full circle. Um, players, I think of like for Villa, Alan Hutton. He was he got bombed out. Nobody nobody rated him at all. And then he got went on to like start in like a promotion season for us, scoring a fucking stupid goal against the Blues. Um, yeah, stuff like that. I just love it. Yeah, like I so to even to an extent, Maguire was start sort of on that arc. I feel like yeah. that arc was starting to come round, and then he he got injured. Wambasaka is another one, but I don't really rate Wambasaka, so it's slightly different. But he was completely bombed out, and now he's back in. He's not a fan favorite or anything, but he's back in. Um, but anyway, right back to Park. So end of the first season, BDE he comes back, and he he's actually um, he's actually really helped by Chelsea. Chelsea help him at this point because they take uh, this winger. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, Ergin er- Rabin. Er- Erjin Rabin, I think it is, or or it might be Arjen Robin. One of the two. They take him. So basically, what that means is Park gets a lot more. Park gets a lot more opportunities in and within like the PSV squad. And there's some like there's some mad players in that PSG squad. Like Mark Van Bommel. What Mark Van Bommel was. Mark Van Bommel was absolutely class, but also an absolute fucking lunatic. <laughs> Yeah, Mark Van Bommel, beast. Um, I think it's Philip Philip Koku in that same team as well. Yeah, mad. And they, but it's it's also mad because in that in that season, the PSV team go on to actually reach the Champions League semi-finals against those semi-finals of the Champions League. He also he was also their top uh, contributor of um, in goals and assists, like like the, in terms of goal involvement. He was there. He was like the top contributed to that he also scored against Milan in the Champions League semi-finals for PSV they go 3-1 up they're through 2-0 lose 2-0 away get knocked out but because of it because of Park's performances in the um in the 2004-2005 season he actually gets which is which is right which is mental right Park gets nominated for UEFA's best forward award so their best attacker award so in that list there's five players Ronaldinho Samuel Eto'o Adriano Andrei Shevchenko Pachi Sung <laughs> <laughs> it's like 
I know we're talking about how great Park was and how much Rochelle is, is, but I think we need to. I think we also need to be realists, right? Park was an outstanding footballer. Park was not Ronaldinho, Eto, Adriano, or Shevchenko, was he? That goes to show you how different those awards were back then as to what they are now. Now, the, like then, that was like this guy's played so well this season. It's not really reflected in goals and assists, but when you watched him play enough people saw how good he was in those Champions League performances to nominate him for the best forward despite scoring. I think he scores like six goals that season, which is fucking stupid. But to be mentioned alongside those four players who are all world-class like forwards and like wingers, it's just just nuts. Mm, Yeah, agreed. And then, then it happens, boys. Then it happens, boys and girls. He makes the move. In July 2005... He joined Manchester United for four million pounds. Four million pounds, right? And look, Park Ji Sung is adored by Man United fans. And like you were saying, people talking about him. I was listening to Ferdinand talk about him at one point, and he's like, "Why does no one ever talk about how good a player he was?" He was like, "Why does he?" I, he, I can't remember his exact words, but he's basically saying no one ever mentions how good a player he was for that squad at that time or, or some, along those lines. And I think it, it, it doesn't click from straight away, but I mean, what a player, what a player Park Ji Sung was. I mean, what are your, because I, I, I think it would, I personally think it might be a bit silly for us to go and this season, this happened and this season, this happened. Like what are your memories of Park? What are your memories of Park as a footballer? him coming off the bench. He would come off the bench quite a lot, but then he would start in the most ridiculously high-profile game. So I think he started in, I think he started in a couple of Champions League semi-finals. He didn't, he didn't think he played in the final, but his, he always had a, a he always had a, a defensive job as a forward player. Um, if you'd like watching back some of his highlights as well, you're, you're reminded of how high up the pitch he wins the ball. And I think now he would be such an important player if his if he existed now in the current in the current de- like the current game he would be yeah he'd be playing for a well he'd play for Man United but he'd be playing for a top side I think he'd start most weeks as well yeah I think if he I think if what you were saying about if he played now I think he was probably seen as a a right midfielder or a left midfielder in a four four two or a winger in a four three three. Or a centre midfielder in a four four two, he could do any of them. But I think now, if you played him in a three, the amount of energy and the amount of energy and the amount of ground he covers, I think he would be. You're right. I think he'd be a top centre midfielder that would play for a top top club. Um, what you said about him, what you said about Park, and he come on for big games, right? It was almost like I remember just thinking, like, where is he? Like, just where is he? I remember, like through the season, right? So, uh, right, he had, he did have a handful of injuries, right? He, he, he never had major injuries. He had one season where he missed the majority of a season due to injuries, but he never had major injuries. He had in his Man United career across his what seven seasons that was he was there. He played thirty-four times in the first one. He played 25 times in another season and every other season after, other than that, he played 17 games or less. I, yeah, I, did, I don't remember him playing that little games. It, which is just fucked. He, I feel like you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't see Park in August, September, October, November unless we were playing Chelsea, Arsenal or Liverpool. <laughs> That you would, that honestly, other than that, it was like you just would never see him, and it's almost like that's actually, it's almost like saying, oh, that means that he wasn't great. But it was, it was the opposite. It's almost like if you listen to players talk about how Fergie did things, Fergie would be planning two, three, four games ahead. Park said he never really went any more than three games without playing. But if he knew we had someone big, he would be getting him ready, g'd up for those games. And the thing is, as well, is. Park would always drop absolute blinders whenever we played against a big side. Whenever we played a big team, Park would be one of the best players on the pitch. Always. Like, guarantee. Like you were saying about big performances, there's a few in, there's a few goals, etc., that we can talk about. But 
one that goes viral quite often is when we played Milan away and beat them 3-2, Park man-marked Andrea Perlo <laughs> and man-marked him out of the game, right? If you watch the clips of Park mark- marking Andrea Perlo, Perlo is so slick and such a talented midfielder that he is obviously going to break away from him and be able to get passes off. But if you look at the range of passes that Perlo gets off in comparison to what he usually did... It's short passes, safe passes, sidewards, little ones in front, maybe the odd big diag, but you know that he'd be hitting that diag 15, 20 times a game if he could. But Park was just not letting him do that. Park was not letting him do that. Park had him on, like, Park didn't have him on toast, but had him on toast. He also, I think Perlo said if he went to the toilet, I wouldn't be surprised if he turned around and saw him there. I think it was, again, it was Ferdinand that said he wouldn't be surprised if he woke up in the middle of the night having nightmares and thought he saw Park at the end of his bed because he literally followed him <laughs> absolutely everywhere. Um, he was, uh, he, I, he was, I mean, that game is an example of him being outstanding. But I also think as well, what, what is difficult, what you need to take into context this is Park as a, Park as a player for Man United generally played on the right or on the left. Probably a little bit later in his career, played in the middle a little bit more, right or the left. And you look at the competition he had when he was there, like Ronaldo, Nani, Valencia, Iggs. Do you know what I mean? Like these are Ashley Young. These are top players. These are top players. Maybe, well, Ashley Young, I suppose, is probably right towards the end of it, but more Giggs and Ronaldo. Giggs and Ronaldo are Man United's right and left midfielder every day of the week. And then when Ronaldo goes, Nani comes in and Nani's our right midfielder every day of the week. So, because they probably, because Nani would offer, Nani would be able to offer more against playing at Blackburn at home. Nani's probably going to be able to give you more in ter- terms of going forward than Park is going to. But Nani probably isn't going to be able, or, obviously, Nani did play some of these games, but Nani probably isn't going to be able to give you as much as Park would if you're playing AC Milan away or Arsenal away or Chelsea away. Do you know what I mean? And that's where Park. That's where part really shone. You want you don't want him when you're playing on the front foot, really, do you? You want him when you're trying to sit in and then break. I think I read something. I think it, I'm sure it's I'm I'm 99 sure it's Wayne Rooney that says it, but he he kind of says similar to what um what Ferdinand says in terms of like how important he was for that Man United team, but also how important he was for them when they were counter attacking because he would win the ball back. And then they would break, and there's an unbelievable goal. I think I'm sure it's in the Champions League against Arsenal. It's the uh, yeah, yeah it's, de- it it's definitely the one in the Champions League um, where he wins the ball and breaks, and they're gone. And it's so quick. He, he obviously break the breaks, plays it out to Rooney, and then Rooney squares it for Ronaldo to smash him past Ma- Manuel. Is it Manuel? Almunia. Almunia. That's it. Um, but yeah, that's exactly what you're saying. You don't want any other player in a position like that where you're having to sit in away from home when you're trying to win the ball back and break quickly as the exact type of player that you need. And that's exactly what he did for that Man United side. Yeah. And I think as well in terms of his appearances and taking that into account as well, alongside all of that, like I said, you're holding for the end of the season because Fergie's pre-planning for the bigger games and the bigger games take place after the new year. But also, what probably what 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 we can never know when we will we would only ever be able to speculate about is I think his knees he did have chronic knee problems. Like his knee problems were something that were recurring. So it's probably making sure that he's ready to go when we're playing those big when we're playing those big games and. Putting his what he was saying about how he was high in the press and stuff like that. I mean, put his nickname was Three Lung Park, <laughs> which, by the way, which, by the way, it could be one of could be one of the greatest football nicknames ever because it's so inoffensive. It's funny <laughs> and it perfectly describes what it is. No one's going, whoa, whoa, you can't be calling him that, right? Three Lung Park, utilizing G <laughs> Sung to use something that rhymes with Three Lung. To describe a player that works his absolute bollocks off is fucking genius. Ella, it is genuine fucking genius. Do you reckon um, there were just like a few Man United fans in the pub one day and there's one guy and he's like, oh, I'm going to come up with something good in a second. I'm going to come up with something good in a second. He's just sat there. He's dwelling over it. He's gone and bought himself a pack of 
pork scratchings. He's in he's in there, he's down to his last three pork scratchings, and he's seen it and he's gone, they look like lungs. Three lungs. Three lung park. Beep. And then just like that, he's cracked it open on on the table for everyone to hear, and they've gone, yeah, that's unreal, mate. That's a quality nickname. There's so many, There's so, and the thing is, is well, there's so many shit football chants and shit football songs. There's so many great ones, but Man United notoriously have some really bad ones. But I tell you, oh, mate, do you know who has who have unreal ones, right? So you know when we were talking about Arjen Robin earlier, did you hear the song about when Arjen Robin played in England they used to sing to him? It was so good. It basically went, Chelsea, 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 <laughs> Chelsea, 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 Chelsea. <laughs> I was but, truly invested then. <laughs> you wrote me in I but actually the, didn't know until you started <laughs> right at the end I was like he's Chelsea <laughs> but the um, Man United ones there's some pure fun in recent years there's been some pure funny ones like the um, the um, oh woke up this morning feeling fine I've got United on my mind that one was so bad and <laughs> and and Ollie's at the wheel sounded like it was from a fucking pantomime song. Ollie's at the wheel. Tell me how good does it feel? <laughs> it was the fact that it was the fact that in the Jose Mourinho one, it was like Jose's got us playing the way we should, and it was like, oh yeah. <laughs> the fucking Beach Boys. <laughs> oh so good man well not good but so good um but anyway yeah so he so three lung park three lung park could be one of the uh, in terms of great football nicknames i mean what great football nicknames i mean one size being fitz hall's nickname because one size fits hall <laughs> is fucking amazing and who's it the other day i was listening to um Oh, it's McClare. Brian McClare was just called Brian McClare was just called Chocky because it sounded like chocolate, a Chocky Eclair. Because his last name kind of sounded like Eclair. They just called him Chocky. So good. So, so good. Um, That's such a stupid name. Yeah, there's loads. I actually think I actually think maybe in one of our weekend footballs we should look at the best football nicknames. But I I think Fitzhall has to be Fitzhall yeah. has to be the best. They, they, I don't think there'll ever be anything better. Yeah, one side so good, um, <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, obviously, as well, inoffensive nicknames. There's obviously the offensive chant, which Parker's actually said. Parker's actually said he he finds his level of endearment to it because obviously the fans still sing his name and United fans still sing his name, but he thinks it's outdated and he hates it. So we're not going to talk about the chant. Um, but he, I, I think, in terms of going back to the part being a trailblazer and that type of thing as well, he he is the first he's the first Asian footballer to play in a Champions League final. And he's the first, and he's the first Asian footballer to win the Champions League, but he doesn't do that in the same season, which is a great, which is a great statistic, by the way. He becomes the first Asian player to win the Champions League before being the first Asian player to appear in a Champions League final. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a, yeah, that's that's a good one for the pub quiz. Yeah, he he, I, I remember again listening to. Um, listening to interviews and people talking about this type of thing um, and they were saying that probably um, Fergie says Fergie has Fergie said and Platt says in this thing that Fergie said his biggest regret was not playing him in that Champions League final he said he uh, not putting him in that not putting him in that Champions League squad and, and not playing him in the Champions League final the idea when the idea in the so when United beat Chelsea Fergie's idea was he was going to play Owen Hargreaves instead of um, he was going to play Owen Hargreaves instead of Parchi Sung because Owen Hargreaves had more experience, which is fair, I think, which is a fair choice. But the way that the message was communicated to Park was that he 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 didn't know whether he wasn't in the squad or he wasn't starting. And then when he got there, he realised he had no shirt number, which obviously oh. he's brought his family over from Korea for the biggest for the biggest game of his life, and he's not even in the squad. That is that actually hurt. It hurt to think about. And with some footballers, I'd be like, that's the game. That's the game. You get on with it. But Park just seems so nice and I felt sorry for him. Yeah, that broke my heart. I heard him say that. Um, Because, yeah, he, well, 
yeah, he's not. He's not. It's not clear to him that he's not in the match state squad, is it? Until he, yeah, like you said, until he arrives, he doesn't see his kit. Which that's such an awful way to find out. You're not going to play in probably the biggest biggest game of your career. Um, and by the sounds of it, as well, he doesn't really hold that like Champions League, like that that winners' medal, really like as an achievement for himself, which is quite sad, really, just because he doesn't play in the final. Um, but obviously, contributes massively. Um, in the semi-finals against it was a semi-final against Arsenal, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. So, yeah, I was sad to hear that because I think oh, so. I so gutting for like a professional to get to that position, but I do, I do get it. I just feel, I just feel really bad that he feels that way. <laughs> yeah, it's it's sad, isn't it? Yeah, it is sad. But then obviously he has like a mini redemption where he plays in the final the following year, um, which uh, again. I think there's. Uh, I've, I've, I can't remember exactly. I can't remember exactly who it was, but I've heard players saying if he, if he was, um, if he played the whole ninety minutes for us, then we would have won. I'm, I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure because I can't remember whether that's the oh nine, oh eight, oh nine Champions League final, or the, um, the following year where we lose to Barca again. Um, I can't remember whether it's... doesn't he start in both. But Does he? I think I thought... yeah, I'm sure he starts in both. But the the one at Wembley is the one where Fergie says that thing about he should have put Messi on him. He plays the whole game, but he doesn't put. Yeah, him this on that's Messi. sorry, that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking about. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I don't, I don't anyway. think that would have made much of a difference, to be honest with you. Um, no, probably that, not. But that game, that's bar- both Barcelona, day, both. Both Barcelona sides were a joke. Um, but yeah, he should have. But anyway, anyway, we'll, we'll get past it. I've moved on. We've all moved on. <laughs> um, but he, I think this is a sign of him, how much of a trailblazer he is, right? So we, we, Parji Sung is, is said, and this isn't, this is, I mean, this is taken sort of from the sort of the interview I listened to with him. Apparently he is like, when the players used to go to Asia, when the players would go to Asia on pre-season tours and stuff, it was like it was they hadn't seen anything like it since Beckham, and they would say that arguably he's bigger than David Beckham, and I think that's where, to me, that's where to me I think Park's impact is so huge, is because he he there are so many. Asian foot there are so there are so many more Asian footballers now playing in Europe playing in European leagues and I think that like Park is Park is a is a huge factor in that because he was sort of taking those first steps and was someone to look up to he was if, if he's seen as like a a god in Korea and uh, and sort of that area then Surely, when you look at players like Kim Min Jai, when you look at players at Hyung Min Son, who are massive players for massive clubs, you would imagine that at some point they looked up and thought, "Oh my God, what a player Park Ji Sung is!" And that guy's my hero. Do you know what I mean? One hundred percent. If you look at yeah, so we were when when two thousand two World Cup was on, we were like similar ages to what these players are now. That's what you two thousand two World Cup is like. My first real like solid memory of football. Um, and I think if you're a kid growing up in Korea, watching Korea reach the semifinals of that 2002 World Cup, I don't see how we can't have a massive impact on you. Like Son, for example, like he would have been a kid at the time watching that. Um, yeah. The, yeah. A few of the other players you just mentioned, um, that's a legacy, isn't it? As a footballer, like that, that is his probably that probably is his legacy. Um, yeah, yeah. And and that's what he that's what he um, that's what he has that's what he has done um, more than anyone else. That's what he's done more than anyone else. I think. Um, and I mean, we we were talking about players send quotes about him and stuff earlier and well, and I just. Before we go on to do sort of like our, our final little bit, I just want to mention the quote that Wayne Rooney said about him. So Rooney said in an interview, um, talking about the 
you're talking about the the the, the 2006-2009 said a period when Man United were extremely successful, right? He said it's crazy, but if you mention Cristiano to to any 12-year-old, they would say, yeah, he was a brilliant player for Man United. But if you said Jason Park, they may not know who he was. Yeah, all of us who played with Park know he was all as he was almost as important to our success. That's because of what Park gave to the collective. And I want to talk about teams. They, not the they, not stars, are the most important thing in sport. People say our United team had great players. In reality, our biggest strength was a pure counter-attacking machine. We would sit back in a shape and just let someone like Park or Fletch, Darren Fletcher, obviously, um, and they were always in, uh, or push the trigger, and they were always involved. Players like me, Ronaldo, Tevez got the headlines, but Park um, was almost as important to us, if not more, because what the, what he did for the team, um, we knew inside of the dressing room. And also that because he was so good at sacrificing himself, the individual the individual's quality was actually often overlooked. I can't imagine those words coming out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah. He actually said, Pat was good at counter-attacking and we were good at scoring goals. No, I mean, no, he said, sorry, no, I don't know what accent was, just, yeah. Yeah, you know, obviously Pat was good at counter-attacking and we were really good at scoring the goals on the other end. Um but that's but I mean look, Park was a Park was a great footballer who will who could have been could have been perceived as a greater footballer, but was a was as selfless as they come as a footballer. Apart from when he was taking when he was smacking ass cheeks, when he was smacking <laughs> ass cheeks and taking the piss against a little side from North London called Arsenal, right? So to put this in context, right, Park scored. Park scored in the Premier League 19 goals in 134 games. So he averages a goal every, I don't know, one every nine games, let's say, right? Against Arsenal for Man United, he got five and 11. He basically scored one and two against Arsenal. <laughs> he, he, how funny is that? Like, this is what I mean by someone being a big game player because Man United Arsenal at this point, if you are listening to this and you're too young to remember Man United Arsenal being a big thing, like that makes me feel old. But Man United Arsenal was a big, like was the was the game, wasn't it? Like it was massive. I know there's Chelsea as well, but it was a massive game. And he scored five in 11 against them, which is madness. Yeah, considering, the, considering he didn't score many goals, you'd be so fuming, wouldn't you, if you're an Arsenal fan? Every time you see his name on a team sheet, the players must have thought it as well. The Arsenal players must have been thinking it. He cannot score today. And he fucking does. Yeah. Madness. Um he yeah, he was he was the king of the Emirates. Um he was at well, and Highbury. He was so cl- he was always class against Arsenal. And always Park was always class. You kind of knew what you were getting, but you always knew it was going to be quality and you always knew it was going to be class against big teams. So I think in answer to the answer to the question, mate, how good was Park? Very, very good. Um, let's just skip QPR, relegated, twenty games, crap. Goes to PSV, back there on loan. They loved him. wasn't great there, uh, and then he retired at thirty three, but due to his knee injuries. So um, that was it. What a, I mean, what a guy, what a player. Um, so let's. Let's talk really quickly before we ask, answer questions about over and underrated. Um, as we're doing, we're going to discuss um, his kits. We're going to discuss our favourite kits and our favourite goals. So let's start with kits, right? Do you do you have a list or do you... I have a list, yeah, but I'm, 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 I'm finding it really hard not to just have um, Kyoto Purple Sanger kits as all three. Yeah, um, agreed. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave them out entirely. Okay, cool. Because they're they're all amazing. So his best three kits are all uh, Kyoto's uh, purple Sanger kits. So I would very much encourage you to go and look at those. Um, but I've put I've got a United kit, I've got a career kit, and I've got a PSV kit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So talk to me which ones. The United one. You might not agree with me. The 2005 away one. I think it's red. It's, it's it's blue with like red accents on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I that agree. One. That's a great yeah. kit. Um, then I've got the Korea t- um, 2010 World Cup shirt. I think it's the home one. It's red. It's got some like um, oh, it's like I think it's like waves in the in the pa- in the pattern. 
Um, and then it's got the blue, the the, the traditional blue collar on it. That is, oh, that's a scorcher, that one. And then my number one is the PSV 1314 from his loan period home shirt. The, the red with the white collar, off. Block, no stripes, just block coloured. Oh, mate, it's so nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. I've gone, I've actually gone relatively, I've gone relatively similar to you. So I've gone, I've, I, I again, I'm going to make the Kyoto Sanger, I'm going to put them apart because I put Kyoto Sanger as top as well. I think in third, I'm going to go for the 2004 2005 PSV shirt, which is the PSV sign in the middle, Nike on the top right hand shoulder and the Philips sponsor in the middle, which is a stunner, which that that template, which is similar to the Man United away shirt template, is a stunner. As it is an unreal shirt. That's the Total 90 For, shirt, isn't it? Yeah, the Total 90 vibes. The second the second one, to, in second place, I actually can't pick between two of them, but I've gone for the United. I've put the 2008 United home and third shirt and I think I'm just going to say the third shirt, the blue one, just because it reminds me of him. It reminds me of him against Arsenal. Yeah. If yeah, agreed. I'm saying this with 100% confidence, and I'm just shitting myself that it's not the right shirt because he had... The blue one, yeah, yeah, it is. The blue one, yeah, the blue one. And because that shirt reminds me against Arsenal. And do you remember the black one, the black AIG shirt with the little like V in the middle, which gets an honourable mention but isn't in the top 10. And then number one is for me is the PSV 2013-2014 away shirt. I think the home and the I think the home and the away the home and the away might be the best pairings of shirts I've seen in a long time. They are absolute beauties. The black away shirt, but I don't know whether I don't know whether. In fact, no. In fact, I reckon we go with the home shirt. I reckon for, I reckon we go with the home shirt. It's stunning, man. So we're gonna. So I don't think we can fully agree. I think we just keep both our own lists. So mine is number one the PSV 2013-14 home, number two, the 2008-2009 blue Man United away shirt, and number three, the PSV, um, the PSV 2004-2005 home shirt, but the Kyoto Sanger shirts are really the best. And that Man United, and the red Man United AIG shirt is the is my favourite Man United shirt ever, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's that's a moment in time, isn't it? That, those those yeah. shirts, the AIG ones. Yeah. Um, in terms of his top goals, I think we we're struggling to always keep it to three. So we're gonna, I'm just we're just gonna rattle through him really quickly. You've already spoken about his goals against South um, South Korea and France, which I think we'll 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 just leave we'll leave your descriptions there. We'll put them in his top goals. Um, there's some great finishes against South Korea and France, and I think what we need to just really highlight as well is how important both of them are for South Korea, and Wait, he's scoring them against, against Portugal and France. Yeah. Sorry, because South Korea. <laughs> sorry South yeah South his goals for South Korea against Portugal and France obviously both massive really important goals internationally for um for him and for his country so shout out Parji Sung for both of them but domestically there's only two and they're both against Arsenal they're both against <laughs> Arsenal for me I think my I think my I think the goal 3-1 away the one you mentioned where he went where he still with where he's nicked the ball off Kieran Gibbs and he runs through and scores in the blue AIG shirt is poetry in motion to me it is reminds me of a time when I loved being a Man United fan so much and things were so good and everything was great over the course of those three or four seasons and this isn't me trying to play the port like, oh, I'm so, so hard now. Because it's really not because I got to have so much success so early in my life. So it's not hard for me now. But that time there was that time there was the peak. That time was the peak time of being a Man United fan. Beating Arsenal 3-1 in the semifinals is pretty much as good as it gets. That one. The other one is his stupid header. He scores much, very similar, very similar to Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank's stupid header that we spoke about last week. He scores this dumb header. Cross comes in and he literally, it just goes like a thousand foot, in, in, not a thousand foot, that's such a dirt, but it lobs the keeper. He twists his head and like skims a header off his head and it like lobs the keeper into the top corner. It's an absolute beauty. Um, so I think I'm going to put the South Korea, France and Portugal as a, as one goal, I'm going to put his header against our, uh, his goal against Arsenal away number two, and his header against Arsenal number one. Yeah, I agree on those. 
Right, let's go through and ask the, the, the most important questions, which are overrated or underrated. So talk to me, overrated, underrated. I think you could only answer this one way and that's underrated. It definitely is not overrated. I think, I don't know who the fuck's rate, overrating him, but maybe us on this podcast, but um, no, nah, he's definitely, definitely underrated. Um, he's probably one of those players that will probably end up being forgotten, which is quite sad. Um, but yeah, for for those that watched him around that time, it, to be honest with you, he probably won't. He'll probably be one of those people that he'll have like TikToks that'll go around about him in like 10 years time. Like if you didn't know who Park G Sung was, you didn't know football. And then yeah. a compilation of him just like winning the ball back and breaking. Um, so yeah, long live Park G Sung and yeah, massively underrated. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And price, from PSV, he's just been nominated in the best forward. I can't. Like, this is my high, this is the highlight of the pod every week for me. I know my my, my valuations are high. Um, I'm gonna say forty million. Yeah, agreed. I would actually go forty, 40 million, million as well. Yeah, and I think he'd go to a top club, and I think he'd be a top player now as well. So I could see him playing under like Jurgen Klopp or someone like that. I think he'd be perfect in that Liverpool system. Yeah, he also played. He also played with the um, just some of the weird players he played with. Zanka, who now plays for Zanka, who plays for Brentford, uh, centre back. I can't remember what his actual name is, but his name on the back of his shirt, Zanka. You know the oh, what is his name, man? I can't remember Where's his actual name. At PSV. Yeah, must have done Memphis Depay. What a duo, Brian Ruiz. Brian Ruiz, and also which I've. This is mad. His highest points per game ratio in his career, the player he got the most points per game with, if playing over obviously one game, there's loads of players that he played one game with and won it, uh, was Jorilio Gomez while he was at PSG. That's nuts, isn't it? Yeah, Jorilio Gomez, he got highest points per game with him. I think it's something like 2.44 per game and he played with him like 40 times. Oh, what was class. it when they won the league? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, here's my questions and then we are done. Here's my, here are my questions. So, true or false, PSV released a song on a PSV album dedicated to Park Ji-sung. True. That is true. PSV released an album of songs and, f- and fan chants, and there's one about Park Ji-sung. Did you know that um, Blur also released one as well called um, Park Life? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow uh, true or false true or false his best mates at Man United were Raphael and Fabio false who were his best friends um oh fuck was it um oh, it's, so, it's so really stupid yeah Evra yes is it Evra and Tevez yeah, Ever and Tevez. How? What language are they speaking? What language? Tevez, Tevez exclusively speaks Spanish. I don't reckon Park speaks Spanish, and I don't know what Ever Spanish is like, but what a fucking trio. Park, <laughs> Ever and Tevez. It's so funny, isn't it? Um, Imagine them on clubs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Them on clubs. Park could be like, right, I'll play CDM. <laughs> everyone else is like what striker striker winger park i'll play cdm don't worry lads park's getting an eight park's getting an 8.4 with 13 kilometers covered absolutely um, no stamina left after 15 minutes of the game park's gold play styles are stamina and stamina all of his player styles are stamina <laughs> spent all of his attribute coins on strength and stamina um right next question who did he play most games with at man united Oh, Darren Fletcher. Good guess. Uh, it's actually Rio Fernandes is who he played most uh, games with. Question number four. Park was the first uh, East Asian footballer to play for Man United. True or false? False. Who was it? Uh, I only found I only found this out today. I can't remember his name now. I'm not even going to try and guess it. Uh, Dong Van Zhuo. Never heard of him. Dong Fangio, yeah, because he never played for us. But Man United signed him a couple, like the couple of years before he never played. Um, he may have like four appearances for Man United. Um, and the final, and the final one is P- 
Park Ji Sung once started to ignite his musical career by trying to bring bring together every single band that had Park in their name to see if they wanted to collaborate with him. There are actually unreleased songs on LimeWire. Well, they got leaked on LimeWire, obviously, of Park featuring Linkin Park, where <laughs> <laughs> featuring Tevez and Ever and Hans Molman. <laughs> true or false? True. Yeah, true. Correct. Well done. Right. That's us. I know you've got a jet off, so um, we're going to finish it there. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, like, subscribe. The uh, the socials are at MateHGW on TikTokie, at MateHGW on Instagram. Um, thank you if you have got this far. And if you have any requests for any footballers you want to do, just drop us a DM. We're like we're not we're not big time. We're not pretentious. We know where we are. We know where we stand in the world. So if you've got any anyone that you want to hear us talk about, um, just let us know, and we will we'll crack on. So that is all from us. That's bye from me. And bye from me. Goodbye. Love you so much. Oh.